Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Our blessed hope means Jesus is coming again. Our blessed hope means Jesus is coming again. John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. In my father's house, this is Jesus himself speaking, said, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will come again. I will come again. This is a promise, and this promise shall be fulfilled, and receive you unto myself. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This is so powerful. This is a promise that has been made. This is our blessed hope. We have a blessed hope. Jesus has gone back to the Father. Amen. And in his time of being away, until he comes back, he also promised that he will not leave us as orphans, but he will send us another comforter, the mighty third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, who comes to abide in us, indwell us, not just to be with us, but to be in us. And Jesus said, it is better for us that he goes away at this time so that the Holy Spirit comes because Jesus leaving made a new and a living way for us to be born again, amen, to be recreated in the image of God in our spirit man and then to receive the divine nature of God to become new creations and then also to be able to receive the Holy Spirit to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire and to have the indwelling presence of God in the Holy Ghost on the inside of us, the third person of the Godhead. And we talked about that because I've been sharing on different Bible doctrines here on these Tuesday nights. And this doctrine of the blessed hope is so amazing, so powerful. And now look at this. Um, We understand that Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And he's going to prepare a place for us. So think about this. Right now, Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven. Our places are being prepared. Before our arrival, when we arrive, it's going to be ready. And these are not little shacks. These are the kind of mansions that would make those mansions on Palm Beach Island look like little shacks. The most amazing house there is just going to look like nothing. Because we're talking about mansions in heaven. That God the Father himself and the Son is preparing for us. Hallelujah. 
We're talking about divine, eternal wealth that you cannot even comprehend. That's why Paul prays that the eyes of our understanding would be open so that we can comprehend and understand the riches of his, in the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Guys, we have an inheritance that no money on earth can buy. We have an inheritance no wealth on earth can even compare to. So this is our blessed hope. He's also coming for those who are looking for him. Go to Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So unto those who are looking for him. Many are not looking for him. They're so distracted. They're so caught up in the carnal realm. They're so caught up in the temporal realm. They're so caught up in the things of this world. They're so caught up that they're not even looking for him. But unto those who are looking for him shall he appear a second time. See, in his first appearing, in his first appearing, he appeared, came and was born of a virgin, appeared as a baby, Emmanuel, God with us, to die for the sins of the world. But in his second appearing, it's only for those who are looking for him. So this second appearing is not for the whole world to see. We have to understand that. People don't understand that. This second appearing is for the church. Because he said, I will come back for you and receive you unto myself. And for those who are looking for him, shall he appear a second time. So now let's see what his second appearing. I'm actually going to just repeat what I shared last week. I think it's great to, to go through it again. And, and some of you were not here, so I think it's powerful. Because the Bible speaks of Jesus coming in three phases, appearing three times. As a babe born of a virgin, that's the first appearing. The second appearing is at the rapture of the church. This is only for those who are looking for him. The ones that he's coming back for. And this is unto salvation. Not unto judgment, unto salvation. Because those who are in Christ are no longer under condemnation. We are not appointed unto wrath, but we are appointed unto salvation. So the second appearing at the rapture of the church, the great catching away of the church, of the saints, of his beloved, of those who have been washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus, who've been clothed in his righteousness. He's coming for those who are looking for him a second time. He's coming to receive them unto himself. And then the third appearing shall be at the closing of the battle of Armageddon. When he comes in judgment upon the final nail in the coffin of the kingdom and the empire of the Antichrist. And there have been many Antichrist kingdoms. There have been many types of Antichrist throughout history. But there will be one last that will appear 
and then Jesus will come at the battle of Armageddon at the valley of Megiddo which is a narrow crossing and this hundred million man army is going to come but they're going to be channeled basically into this narrow valley where Jesus at the battle of Armageddon will destroy them the Antichrist and the kings of the earth that gather against uh, Jerusalem and Israel shall be destroyed with one breath that comes out of his mouth and the whole world will see him at his third coming now let's look at this the first phase is as a babe born of a virgin in Bethlehem Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us Isaiah chapter 4 uh, chapter 7 verse 14 talks about the virgin birth therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel so we're approaching the Christmas season Christ mass Jesus is the reason for the season not Santa Claus not elves not reindeer it's not x miss put whatever you want in the x no it's christ mass and this is when we look back and celebrate and rejoice about his first appearing born of a virgin as a babe amen matthew chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 and when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together he demanded of them where Christ should be born and they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea for thus it is written by the prophet okay and it was prophet Micah in Micah chapter 5 verse 2 but thou Bethlehem Ephtorath thou though thou be little among the thousands of Judah yet out of thee shall come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel whose goings forth have been from old from everlasting amen so that was the first appearing as Christ was born as a babe in that manger of the virgin Mary amen and was born into the world joy to the world the Savior has come he was born to die for the sins of the world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life God the father did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved he came unto his own and his own received him not do you understand me but he did come that was the first coming amen now the second appearing of Jesus this is so vital for us believers and this is a believers meeting everyone here is a believer everyone here is a born-again child of God yes this is a believers meeting you know and uh, a prayer meeting usually is basically where believers come you know we pray but here's the thing we must understand because this is for us now the second appearing for those who are looking for him are you looking for him yes. I'm looking for him I'm looking for him I am expecting his imminent return every day I live like that might be my last day on earth 
We have to live like that as believers. Unfortunately, not every believer lives like that. Many are not. Many are distracted. Many are completely caught up in other things. So they might end up missing the catching away because they're caught away with other things and they may not be caught up because they're caught away. You better be looking for him. You better be right. You better be expecting. You better be in that right state of mind. You better be in that right place, state of expectation. The second phase of Jesus' coming is referred to as the rapture. Now the word rapture does not necessarily appear in the New Testament, in the Bible, but it means catching away. It comes from the Latin word to be caught up or to be caught away. Catching away of the church. Although the word rapture is not found in the scriptures, the meaning is found because it was a Latin word that was developed in church history as a pillar of a church tenant. One of the tenets of the church, one of the core beliefs of the church, of the Lord Jesus Christ. The rapture, the catching away. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Oh. The Lord himself shall descend. Why? Because he ascended on high. And was seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's going to descend. He who ascended shall descend. <laughs> he who ascended shall descend from heaven with a shout. Mm. He's not going to sneak in like he came in a manger. He's coming with a shout, shout of the king, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. That's the word caught up, raptured, raised up. Raised up together, caught up, taken up together with them in the clouds. This meeting, the greatest church meeting of all time, is going to take place in the clouds. Now let me explain to you. There are three heavens. The first heaven is the earth and the atmosphere that we live in, we breathe in. The second heaven is beyond the atmosphere, the universe. <laughs> and then there's a third heaven where God lives and dwells, where his throne is, where his presence, where the angelic host of heaven, where the paradise of God, where the altar of God is, the presence of God, the third heaven, our eternal home, our destiny, our destination. This world is not our home. We are just pilgrims. We're passing through. We're just like Abraham. But we are looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. This is not our home. We are citizens of heaven. The United States of America shall pass. 
and every other nation on earth shall pass. But heaven, hallelujah, the city of God, our eternal home, will remain forever. Hallelujah. Everything we see shall be done away with. For we know by faith that everything that is seen has been made from everything that is unseen. Hallelujah. Mm. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds. That means we'll go from the first heaven to the second heaven. To the boundaries beyond the first heaven into the second heaven. And then we're caught up into the third heaven. To meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever, forever and ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The phrase caught up is indicative of the term rapture. We will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So he's not coming to the earth. He's only coming to the edge of the first heaven. He's coming to the clouds. Just like he went up into the clouds. Remember Acts chapter 1 verse 9. After he said his last words to his disciples. After that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You shall receive power to be witnesses unto me. Right? In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. And then he was caught up. Remember? And he went into the clouds. And they were looking up and he disappeared into the clouds. And then the two witnesses. Not angels. Two men. Two saints. In white linen. In righteousness. Appeared to them. Which is really kind of a type and a shadow of the rapture of the church just like jesus was raptured from the first heaven went into the third heaven disappeared in the clouds and the witnesses says this this same jesus that you saw disappear in the clouds shall appear again the same exact way that he left that means he's going to appear in the clouds but this time he's not coming down we're going up we're going up to meet him in the clouds Glory a Dios. Woo! And the greatest and the biggest church meeting of all time. Of millions upon millions upon millions. Probably more than a billion. Billions of saints will meet the Lord in the clouds. And the church shall be gathered together. The universal church shall be gathered together in one place. For the first time we can't do that now we're local churches gathering in many local places but then we'll be all caught up first corinthians <laughs> chapter 15 verses 50 through 53 now this i say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god neither does corruption put on or inherit incorruption Behold, I show you a mystery. Now, remember, mystery means something hidden. But then it shall be revealed. Something that's hidden is revealed. Behold, I show you a mystery. That means I'm revealing you a secret now. We shall not all sleep. That means die. But we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Like a split second. In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, so it refers to exactly what Paul referred to in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. At the last trump, 
So now 1 Corinthians 15, he is now referring to the same exact event at the last trump. Because there can only be one last trump. Trumpet. Okay? So, at the last trumpet, referring to the same event. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we, those that are alive, shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So what is he saying? These mortal bodies that we have, these mortal bodies that we have will what? Become immortal bodies. We're going to receive our new bodies onto salvation. What does that mean? He's appearing onto salvation. That means the final and the third phase of our salvation shall be complete. The first phase of our salvation is when we're born again. Our spirits are instantly saved. Then as long as we're on the earth, our souls continue to be saved. Do you understand me? Our mind and will, our mind, will and emotions as we, our minds are renewed, right? And then the final phase is our bodies being saved. That means we are saved from death. Because salvation is salvation from death, passing from death onto life. Your spirit is saved instantly. You pass, pass from death onto life. Your soul is saved from death as you put the living word in you. And so that nothing of death gets in your mind, gets in your thoughts. Amen. And then your final salvation sta stage of our phase of our salvation is when your body is saved. Never ever to be under the power of death again. Because this is corruptible mortal body. But we're going to receive immortal heavenly bodies Amen. not flesh and blood different kind of stuff different material than this heavenly material made of heavenly material because it's only heavenly material that can live in heaven this is earthly material for us to live on the earth it's an earth suit but we're going to put on a heavenly suit to be able to go and live in heaven for to be absent from from the body is to be present with the Lord amen so this is what's going to happen so we are going to receive just like that in the blink of an eye brand new bodies the dead in Christ shall rise first that means in their new bodies they're going to be up there in the heaven in the clouds and then we on earth will be caught up if we're still alive which most likely we will be I believe and feel that we are the last generation Very, 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 very little time left. That's why the Bible warns us to be looking for him and to be sober, to be vigilant, to be alert, to be awake, not to fall asleep. For many have fallen asleep. That's why one will be taken, one will be left. Jesus said that actually twice. One will be taken. One will be left. Five foolish, five wise. Five wise go, five foolish remain. Is it possible that Jesus speaking prophetically saying half the church is not ready? I made a decision when I started on the ministry that no one that ever sits under my ministry will ever be in a place of not being prepared. As long as they remain and under my ministry, I am going to do everything in my power 
my, by my God-given calling to make sure that they are prepared and they are ready. I'm not here to tickle ears and suffer double judgment for the people that sat under my ministry who were not prepared, who fell asleep, and I'll let them sleep. It'll be a cold day in hell. That'll never happen. I will make sure. I will kick your blessed assurance. I will smack you up the side of the head. I'll lay hands on you until the fire God gets in you. I'll preach the word and I'll teach and I will not hold back and I will not tickle ears. I don't care who says what. Whether I'm culturally relevant or not, I don't care. I'm going to be biblically relevant because culture don't mean nothing. It's going to be done away with. And I want people to say, Pastor, thank you. I made it here because you made sure I did not fall asleep. You made sure that I was prepared. You made sure I was ready. You did not allow me to compromise. You did not allow, them, allow me to be, be lukewarm. And you told me the truth. And you did not leave me in ignorance. How many people sitting in churches don't even have a clue that Jesus is coming back? They don't even know. They're not looking and they don't even know what to look for. Please. This is the truth. We will have new bodies. Are you ready for your new body? Romans chapter 8 verses 22 and 23. For we know, for we know that the whole creation groans, groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption, to wit, the redemption of our body. Waiting for the redemption of our bodies. That means the final phase of our salvation being complete. Philippians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21. For our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall change our vile body. This is a vile body. <laughs> that it may be fashioned like unto his Glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So our bodies will be changed. With this body, we should be able to walk through walls and disappear. Because we will no longer be bound by the natural, the three dimensions, even time. The kind of bodies, because think about this. These bodies are bound by time. Even 80 years was given onto these, right? Remember that? And then they're bound by time. You know, you can tell when a body ages. I mean, I just don't look 15 anymore. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't look like I'm 10 years old. Why? Because you can see. The time, the effects of time on the body. Every single one of us. These bodies are bound by time. And they're bound, bound by the physical dimensions. I cannot walk through that. If I run against that wall, I'm going to be hurt. I cannot fly without machines. I can't just float and pass through the, you know, the ceiling and float home. I, I cannot do that. This body cannot do that. But 
The new bodies we receive will. They won't be bound by time or by physical limitations, physical dimensions. John chapter 20, verse 26. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, within a house, within the walls, <laughs> within a building, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. So how in the world did he get in the house? How did, how? He didn't get in through the door. Doors being shut. Within the walls of a house, Jesus just appeared. He just appeared right, right in the midst of them and said, peace be unto you. Luke chapter 24, verse 31. And their eyes were opened and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. These are the, the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Remember that? He was walking with them, talking with them. He, they didn't recognize him. But then they, later on they said, was, were, our not, were not our hearts burning within us as he was speaking to us? But then all of a sudden, their eyes were opened and they knew him. And then he vanished out of their sight. So, because now he's resurrected and he's in his heavenly body. His earthly body died on the cross, was buried in the tomb. But at the resurrection, he is the first one to be raised from the dead. Do you understand me? And then we will follow after him. We will also be raised. Our bodies will be raised from the dead. That means that the effects of death will be removed. We'll receive the kind of bodies who are not under the power of death. Oh, death, where is your sting? And so in his heavenly body now, he just vanishes. He walks through walls. He appears in buildings. He vanishes. We're going to have the same thing, Brother Mark. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There will be a reckoning at his coming. Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me. To give every man according as his work shall be. Everyone shall receive their reward. So, this is for us. Because obviously the sinners will not be rewarded. They'll be punished. But the righteous shall be rewarded. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This is what happens right after the rapture. We all appear at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, this is not judgment Onto punishment or condemnation. This is a judgment onto rewarding everyone. That everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that he hath done. Whether it be good or bad. So that means our works that we have done in the body. The old body. On earth that means. Shall pass through the fire. Gold, silver, and precious stones shall come forth. And then he'll take the gold, the silver, and the precious stones. And he'll craft crowns. And then he will crown us with many crowns. He will reward us for our good works that have been done according to the plan and purpose and the will of God. And everything that was done in the flesh, because no flesh shall glory in his presence. Everything that was done... For selfish, impure motives, not in the will of God, is going to pass through the fire and it's going to turn into wood, hay, 
stubble turn into ashes and there'll be nothing left. So everything that was bad will burn, be exposed, and everyone's works shall be exposed. You understand me? So we want to make sure that we are living and we are ready to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Jesus is coming for a full-grown, healthy, thriving, thriving, glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. So he gave me. You understand me? He gave me an apostle and a teacher. So you guys, here in the local church, wherever else I go, and other churches that I ministered to and over the years, the work that I have done, and I'm going to continue to do this. What is my purpose? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith, right? And in the knowledge of the Son of God, onto a perfect man, onto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So what is the... What is the purpose here? Onto a perfect man. What is that perfection? Maturity. Maturity. Amen. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So Jesus is preparing his church. Amen. The bride, the virgins, the five wise. Amen. To be what? To be a glorious church without spot, wrinkle or any such thing. I mean, no, no one ever gets married shows up for their wedding day in rags, dirty and filthy. Do you understand me? I mean, you know, a bride is adorned. They wear white and they just, I mean, they, they, they get, I mean, it's probably the, the hair done, the makeup, like never, they never have it again. It's like the, 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 the biggest day, right? Spending four, five, six hours literally in hair and makeup. And they get adorned, clean, smelling, beautiful. I mean, just everything. That's, that's the church. That's the image of the church that the Lord is preparing his church. And we as the church must be willing to be prepared like that, right? We are told that Jesus will return like he left in the clouds. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, like I already told you. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, raptured. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, not angels, but saints, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall also come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Matthew 24 Verses 
23 and 27 then if any man shall say unto you lo here is Christ or there believe it not for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive even the very elect behold I have told you before wherefore if they shall say unto you behold he is in the desert go not forth behold he is in the secret chambers believe it not for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west so shall also the coming of the son of man be amen so this is a different type of coming from the east onto the west like a lightning and we're going to look at his third appearing how it shall be amen so if anyone says and and there's happening all the time i mean you know there's people following a false christ there's a man in philippines right now he says he's the christ and he has thousands of people following him they all wear white he's built this whole city people coming from everywhere tens of thousands of people he they believe that christ is returned and it's happened throughout the centuries it's happening in different parts of the world so many false christ will false christs will arise but it's not even biblical for him to come back like that and that should right there tell us that he's a false christ so first thessalonians 3:13 and then in 4 13 through 17 we find that those who died in christ beforehand will be coming back with him so after the rapture we come back with him so the rapture okay him appearing onto those who are looking for him and the second coming to the earth are different we have to understand that because there's a total different picture that's painted to the end he may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before God even our father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints this is different so after the rapture after the judgment seat of Christ that's what's happening because judgment begins in the house of God so the church is going to go through judgment onto reward but then at the same time on earth something else is happening a seven-year tribulation period where the Antichrist rises attempts to establish a new world order a one world government one money system where many will take all those remain they will take the mark of the beast beast is representative of a system so there'll be an economic system where you'll have to take a mark most likely a, a chip or something in your right hand or in your forehead to be able to buy or sell so it has to do with money and it has to do with survival and it has and those who take it will be cursed because now they have bowed down to the beast worshiping bowing down to the master of mammon okay and then there'll be of course a one world religious system the harlot mystery babylon and all that kind of but then it's not going to last very long it's satan's attempt to establish his kingdom on earth and it's still it's a very chaotic kingdom because the balls of wrath are being poured upon him and then final destruction only lasts about seven years and he never really fully succeeds right 
but Christ shall return with his saints. So this is a different. He's coming with his saints. Those who have been raptured are coming back. The third appearing. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren. This is First uh, Thessalonians 4, 13 through 7. Brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. See, this is our blessed hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent, meaning shall not precede, them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, which we already read, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, then which we are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Evidently, they will enter back into their old bodies, which will be changed instantly somehow into their glorious bodies like Jesus has. Beware that there is no such thing as soul sleep, suggesting that we sleep in the grave until the resurrection as some believe. It's not biblical. For Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now some say, but how? Then, then what's happening? You have to understand something. The moment you die as a believer, you leave your body. You're with the Lord. You're now no longer in time. For us, we think like this person died 100 years ago. For the Lord, it's like one second. thousand days is like one day unto the Lord you know so if, if you know if your loved one died like 10 years ago as a believer it was like a second ago you understand me they're just there they meet the Lord in the air so they're already with the Lord and then they're just they're appearing their resurrected bodies in the clouds because we're no longer bound by time it's like at the same exact second. For we are confident to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. Paul also says in Philippians 1.23, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, obviously for himself. But in the next verse, Paul says, Staying would be better for the Philippines. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So I don't know about you. I mean, I, I'm ready to go. I'd love to go now. But I realize I must stay as long as I can. Because there are millions and millions of lost souls that have to be saved. And if I'm selfish, then I want to go. But for the sake of those out there that are lost, I must stay. To reach as many as I can. That's what Paul's saying. That's his heart. And that's truly the, the heart of God. That's truly the heart of God. Reach souls, souls, souls. Philippians 1.24, Jesus said to watch so that we may escape. Luke 12, 35 through 40, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning and you yourselves like unto men that wait for the Lord. When he will return from the wedding, that when he, has, he comes and knocks, that you may 
that they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he comes, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, doing what? No, alert and waiting, right? Blessed are those servants. And this know that if the good, goodman of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. But you therefore ready, be ready also for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. So he's saying like in the second or third watch, that's late at night, you know. I mean, if you ever done like military service, do you have any idea about it? I mean, if you have the night watch, <laughs> graveyard watch or whatever, everybody's sleeping, but you better, you better be alert. You better be awake. And if they find you sleeping on the watch, oh my, you, all hell's going to break loose for you, right? Because that, that's what, so you got to be, you got to be. We, it's like second or third watch. We got to be awake and watching, watching, watching. Amen. And the third phase of Jesus' coming is at the close of the battle of Armageddon. His feet will touch the Mount of Olives and it will split down the middle. Mm. The kings of the earth with their armies will gather to fight against the Lord and his army. And so shall the end be. We then move into the millennial reign of Christ. Zechariah 14, verses 1 through 5. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations. And when we, when he fought in the day, as when he fought in the day of battle, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west. That means it's going to be split in half. And there shall be a great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north and half of it toward the south. Split in half, basically. And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. Ye, yea, ye shall flee, like as ye fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. See, he comes with the saints. This is different. It's not the rapture going up. This is coming down. Matthew 24, verses 24 through 30. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, at the end of the tribulation period, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from the heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and glory. So this is different. This is where the whole world sees him 
as a lightning from east to west in the sky, the entire earth knows that he has come. This is not like him sneaking up into the clouds and receiving us up. This is us coming back with him. Totally different scenario. So don't be confused. Don't be confused. Okay? This is what people get all confused. Is it pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, rapture, all that kind of stuff? It, no. There's a pre-trib rapture and there's a post-trib return of the Lord with his saints. Revelation chapter 16 12 through 16, and the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up. That's right there in Turkey, by the way. Euphrates starts in Turkey and flows into the Persian Gulf. That means Euphrates will dry up where Syria is. Okay. And they've actually already built all these dams that if they close them up, Euphrates has already been actually drying up over the last 20, 30 years. But if they just close them up in Turkey, no water flows, it'll just dry up just like that. The great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up. And the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. So they're coming from the east. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon. That's Satan. And out of the mouth of the beast, that's the Antichrist kingdom, the final kingdom of the Antichrist. And out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth onto the kings of the earth and the whole world. See, the whole world now is going to be deceived by them. Okay? The dragon... The false prophet and the beast, the final antichrist kingdom. And they, all the kings of the earth and the whole world will follow them, right? To gather them to battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches and keeps his garments, lest he walks naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon, Har Megiddo, Valley of Megiddo. Revelation 19, 19 through 21. And I saw the beast, that's the Antichrist kingdom, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrote miracles before him which by which he had deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse which sword proceeded out of his mouth. The word of God. So means He's going to speak one word and everything will be destroyed. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. So at the battle of Armageddon, king of kings and lord of lords comes riding on a white horse. And all his saints coming on white horses with him. All the kings and lords following 
the King of kings and Lord of lords. Who are the kings? Saints. Who are the lords? Those that are going to rule and reign with him. And then he establishes millennial kingdom on earth. 1,000 years of peace on earth where Christ will rule and reign from Jerusalem. And we together will rule and reign with him in our heavenly bodies. And there'll be people on earth in their earthly bodies. There'll be two kinds of people. There'll be mankind and there'll be God kind. And then I will not need to get on a jet to go from Miami to Istanbul or any other city. I'll just go. I'll be there. Vanish and then appear. Hallelujah. And some will be made ruler over ten cities. Some over five. That's what he talks about. That's why it's so important to be faithful now. You're living not, not for the now. You're living for the millennial kingdom. You're living for the eternity. You're living for eternity. You're living for your rewards that you will receive at the judgment seat of Christ. And according to that, you'll be given various types of rulership. Amen. Because if we are to rule and reign together with Christ, we are now preparing for that. Guys, we don't understand and know these things. We'll just live for the now. Many Christians, just living for the now, living for the pleasures of the now, living for your best life now, seven points to your best life now, but you're going to be very sorry in the millennial kingdom. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is our blessed hope. We are looking for his appearing. For those who are looking for him, he shall appear a second time. And they'll be called up yonder to meet the Lord in the air, in the clouds. That's what's going to happen. That's the next event on God's calendar for his church. And until then, the church is called to occupy till he comes. And we are to go into the nations, preach the gospel, win as many souls as we can, making disciples of all nations and teaching them all the things that Jesus commanded us to teach them. This is our mission. This is what we live for. Everything else is absolutely frivolous. Everything else is absolutely just basically in vain. We've got to have our focus. The Lord is coming back very, very soon. Cars and money and houses just will be basically mean nothing. And the Lord will bless you with those things now if you, you know, as you're faithful. But those are not the end or be all. That, we're not living for those things. We're living for the eternal kingdom. We're waiting for our blessed hope. We're watching. We're looking. We're preparing. Always alert. Ever ready. So the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not a building. It's not a meeting. It's people that are ready for him. It's the bride of Christ being prepared for the day of wedding. Waiting for the groom. Beautified without spot or blemish. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord. And I'm going to pray over you. Father, I pray in Jesus' mighty name over your people, over your children, over your church, that you prepare us 
Prepare us to be ready that we are ever watchful, waiting and ready and alert, sober and vigilant, never falling asleep, never becoming lukewarm, always staying hot on fire, alert, the eyes of our spirit open, always looking, watching, the, the ears of our spirit open, always hearing what the spirit has to say to the church. And if we can hear the spirit now, we'll be able to hear the trumpet then. And I pray that everyone here under the sound of my voice and everyone that will listen to this message is prepared and ready. And they will be ready on that day without spot or blemish, any wrinkle or any other thing. Waiting and watching and prepared. Ready to meet the Lord in the air. May they be faithful every day. Faithful. Faithful to hear. Well done. Good and faithful servant, enter now into the joy of the Lord, having proven ourselves faithful, having taken the talents that the Lord has placed in our hands, our time, our money, our gifts, our talents, the anointing, the calling, spiritual and natural talents and gifts, and use them for the glory of God, for the establishment of the kingdom of God, for the glory of the King of kings and Lord of lords. May we all be rewarded accordingly in Jesus' mighty name. And when we receive all those crowns, we will cast them at his feet and we will worship him. For he alone, he alone is worthy. He alone is worthy to be worshipped, to be praised. All the glory, all the honor is his. Yours is the kingdom forever and ever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now you know. Now you know, and there's no excuse. You can never say, I didn't know, I never heard. You heard, you know, and you'll be ready. And I prayed over you, and the Holy Ghost will keep you. Amen. Unto him who is able to keep you. Hallelujah. Thank God for his mercy and grace. But we've got to be alert. We've got to be ready. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.